Hi, and welcome back to Dear Mom, Love Daughter. We're here each week to discuss life's highs and lows through the lens of a mother-daughter relationship. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you find meaning and resonate with our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dear Mom, Love Daughter to stay up to date on the most recent episodes. It's been a little bit more than uh, just last week that we were on our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and I really miss you, Becca. I miss you too. And I miss our podcast. And I miss our podcast too. But, you know, I think that's part of what we're trying to do is as much as we're trying to kind of have candid conversation between us and that's the whole goal of the podcast in that way it's also you know we didn't set seasons to this podcast we didn't say okay we're only going to release new episodes in the summer um we kind of wanted that to be reflective of of a normal person's year like the ebb and flow of of kind of your your hectic daily life and it's been a really tough fall for a lot of people So we finally kind of caught a break and it's good to be back. It's been a really hard fall for me. Um, I'm used to going through some period of time where I'm transitioning off summer and into a new routine, a new fall routine, whether it's when you kids were living at home and going back to school routine and, you know, coming off the summer and the whole slate of activities beginning again. Um, There was always an adjustment there. But this year was just remarkably different. And and I think the fact that there was so little of that kind of change, monumentous change, it made it even more challenging and more exhausting in a way. Yeah. It's exhausting trying to constantly keep up with life in a way, which is ironic because time is moving so slowly right now. But just, you know, with the virus and the election and the schools changing their policies and everything is just constantly changing and it's exhausting where you feel like just the second you start to feel settled – you're not. Yeah. And and the other part that has created so much stress this fall and has consumed so much of our time and our energy, whether we wanted it to or not, whether we meant for it to or not, is the whole political climate. Yep. Which is why that's what we're tackling today. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there between emotions and self-care practices and facts like just the the mere facts of this election you could spit back and forth for hours and just be amazed at you know the how long the the whole counting the ballots process lasted and how many people voted and how many people volunteered and people doing work like there's just there was so many factors to this to this election. And then in addition, right, to how we're feeling and and the emotions surrounding it and the post-election thoughts is just, there's a lot, it's a lot of change. And I think, yeah, it 
I'm excited to sort of dive into this this topic of conversation. So was there anything you wanted to start by talking about with this election? Yeah, I want to talk about how you and your friends um, felt the week going into the election, the week of the election, and then hearing the results. Like I found that kind of two-week period to be a really fascinating, um, I found it to be a really fascinating like window of time for me and the, kind of the changes that I went through over the course of that 10 day to two week period. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious to hear how you and your friends managed it. Yeah. So we had been thinking that we were going to have a hollow week um, from Wednesday to Wednesday, and that didn't happen <laughs> because by the time we got to um, like past Saturday and on to Sunday, everyone's mind shift mindset had shifted to the election. So Saturday was over, which was like the actual actual Halloween, which was so much fun and great and whatnot. And then Sunday hit and everyone just tanked. And I think that's when it started. And then the Monday was the day that people were starting to really, it was really starting to sink in on Monday. Uh, and I had a couple phone calls with friends saying, yeah, I'm really scared. People were really frightened and it kind of just hit me as well on Monday. Uh, so I would say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday were pretty hard. Well, Tuesday was, was the big day, right? And everyone was kind of just holding their breath. Uh, Which is had, an exhausting thing to do, hold your breath. Like I know yeah. you meant that metaphorically, but, but, but it's true. It's like we were holding our breath. It, you know, it's like when, it's like keeping yourself warm in a, if you're freezing cold outdoors in the winter time, takes up more energy than yeah. on a beautiful day that you don't yeah. have to work to keep yourself warm. Yeah. So it Definitely. that Tuesday was exhausting. Yeah. And so we had we have our little pod of friends at school here that we see. And so we had them over uh, for the election. A group of uh, or a portion of those people actually have been working the polls all day. From Ooh. they got up at like four in the morning, the crack of dawn, and Fabulous. had been had been working all day long. And they were just they were originally going to have people over their apartment, but it was just so exhausting. I mean, I can't imagine that. Especially, it's not like you're working the polls on a normal day. You're working in these unprecedented circumstances, right? So you have to wear your face shield and your mask and be cautious about COVID all day all day long with like crowds of people, so to speak, right, at the polls. Mm -hmm. So I just I, – I think that was amazing. And and I mean a, a quick side tangent here, like what I saw so many of my friends doing to help this election. And I mean obviously we're being transparent here like to help Biden in this election and to help get this country out of the hole that we were, we were d dug into um, with the racism and the homophobia and the sexism. And, you know, you could go on and on and on, but 
people were phone banking for weeks leading up to the election, like at the most random hours of the day. Um, Corky, one of my roommates, was phone banking for Arizona. And so I know that, you know, when all of that turned out well, she was so happy. She's like, I'm naming my baby Maricopa. How cute. Oh, it's <laughs> adorable. So she, you know, and so many other people. I mean, my friend Will was phone banking like left and right. Everyone, um, people were offering to drive people to the polls, posting on their Instagram stories saying, you must be wearing a mask. I'll be offering windows down car ride to the polls if you don't have a car. And, you know, these girls working the polls and it's just so, I mean, I'm getting chills now thinking about it. It's very inspiring and it's just, it makes me feel really good about, you know, your generation and how motivated you are and how much you care. And, and I just find that to be really remarkable. And, um, I, I have a lot of friends who did the same thing. I know a lot of attorneys who went to various states to be poll watchers or to be part of a legal committee in case they needed to run to court. I know a lot of people, myself included, who wrote postcards. I wrote a lot of postcards to Texas and Arizona, and I know a lot of people who phone banked. It's a great feeling to know that all of our efforts turned out helping yeah. And well, because it, it is- takes a community, right? Like you just named so many different things that your friends did. And it's interesting, right? Generational differences, not not just views wise, but in terms of the type of things that you were doing, right? Like my friends, um, it, was, it was mainly phone banking and driving people to the polls because people might not have cars and, and working the polls and because we're young and you wouldn't want to be at risk age to be working the polls, right? And then you're, you know, you have peers on legal committees and, um, you know, writing postcards might be good to do with kids, Right. So it's just there's so many options of of how you can help. It just goes to show. Yeah, it's really it's really incredible. And it's just very um inspiring for me to hear what you and your friends did to try and make a difference. Um, I love that. It's really yeah, impressive. So, yeah, back to sort of I guess election feelings and emotions and Tuesday night was not a night to make friends. (laughs) Tuesday night was not a night to be friends. I think everyone reacted differently to it. At one point, one of my friends had to just go on a walk and leave because any external um, stimulation was just clashing and like she couldn't take it. She was just needed to leave. Um, I was really quiet. Like I just really shut down. And, um, you know, went to bed at the end of the night really early and it it was, no one had any hard feelings at the end of that night because it was obviously not a night to have fun, which I think is really interesting because I remember senior year of high school too. I, that was the first election I voted in four years ago and I made a cake and dressed in like my American flag pants and you expect it to be this really fun night election night, but it's not like watching the world series. You know, it's not like, it's not like watching a sporting event where 
even though emotions are so heightened, you still kind of like everyone had fun. And even if you lose, you still had a party watching sports because all of it doesn't really matter in the end, even though it does. Um, Right. Uh, And I think the the shell shock of the 2016 election, we were still wearing that on our sleeves and around. It was still – you know, it still had its grasp in our neck. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we also went into this expecting that too. Right. We, we expected something like fun, like maybe we'll get out of this and this is the year to get out of it. And uh, we went to the supermarket before and it was like people were preparing for the apocalypse. I mean, everyone's checkout cart was the same exact thing. It was actually really funny, but, um, <laughs> what it was the all, key items. Um, it was, uh, alcohol. Uh, I didn't see anyone buying champagne, which was interesting. Discount Halloween candy and, <laughs> and hand sanitizer. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I, you know, I think everyone was kind of expecting it to be this fun, like drinking night or, you know, have fun post Halloween. And it was very much not that. And Mm -hmm. then for it to go on for four more days Mm -hmm. um, or however long it was. Yeah. I think it was four was just those next few days were horrible. (laughs) At least things were trending in the right direction throughout those four days. I don't know how we managed. Oh yeah. It, It was very slow process for sure, but it's still like, Regardless of it trending in the right direction, when when you're on a threshold of doom, it's I know. scary. Um, I know. Really scary. So no one really was able to do any work. And um, it was almost like you spent all your time telling yourself you needed to do work. It's like sitting and staring at your desk, tapping your pen type of thing. Like I need to do work. I need to do work. But then you can't do work. But it's not like you can just – if you can't do work, you're going to go do something else. Like you, you're still in, in, at least for me, like in my head, I was like, I have to do work. I have to do work, but not, I wasn't doing work. I was just sitting there telling myself I needed to do work. And except for, for Wednesday, I went on a three hour stress walk with two of my friends, <laughs> which. Oh, wow. That's terrific. Yeah. It was that good. Must but have it been was so nice. It was beautiful outside too, but it was. We were like, it was really sad. It was a really sad walk because oh, no. we, well, we were just really scared and like got all mm. talking in our feels about our futures. It's it's a scary thing to to go through an election senior year, and mm. I think it's been both of my senior years mm-hmm. before the next phase of my life, and so it's almost like the election has an invisible hand in that as well. Wow, that's really intense. Wow. Mm. Yeah, well. So what were your days I, like? <laughs> yeah, I can completely relate in so many ways to what you were just saying. And for me, similarly, like we came home from the Cape on Halloween late in the afternoon. So that Halloween night, we had a fire pit and hung out with some neighbors and it was really nice and really fun. And, but you woke up Sunday and suddenly, like you were saying, 
it was like, oh my God, oh my God. The reality was setting in that Tuesday was coming and what was going to be. And there was all this uncertainty and all this like deep hope and prayers. And it was just hard to think about anything else. And, you know, Monday, it was the same thing. And I couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't focus on anything at work. It used to be that every now and then I would work from home as like, a, you know, I can't go into the office today. I have too much I have to like deal with or maybe I had appointments or something. And so it didn't make sense to go into the office. And so I'd work from home and that would be the day I would say, oh, I can finally get the laundry done and I can cook something special for dinner tonight because I'm going to be home at a normal hour and, you know. And that it was, I was kind of like, I went back to that, like my, that Monday I was supposed to be working from home, but I was doing all the other stuff Yeah, because yeah. I couldn't get my head to focus. Mm-hmm. Tuesday I woke up, I was super excited. I went for a walk. I went to the polls. I was one of the first people at the polls. I cast my vote and then I started to get nervous and and that exhaustion like you said that that nervousness like you said created this incredible exhaustion i ended up taking like a two and a half hour nap in the middle of the day wow because i i had to cancel all my afternoon appointments because i just couldn't i couldn't function yeah i i didn't even mention that i didn't vote on tuesday i voted by mail right and my vote was counted and everything and and but I had voted two weeks prior, so I didn't have the adrenaline of going to the polls. Like that's right. a high when you you go and you see all these people, and you haven't been in a crowd of people for months, and yeah. you're also having to you know be cautious of COVID. But you vote and you get the sticker, and it's so exciting. And like I did that, I did that two weeks ago or something. Right. Or no, I did that a month ago. I cast my ballot a long time ago. Right. Um, so. I yeah, I wanted to vote in person again. I wanted to have that feeling and and it was good. And but then, you know, I had my Tuesday night was very similar to your Tuesday night. You know, it was kind of depressing. It was like, oh my God, here we go again. I can't believe this is happening. And I went to bed kind of early. It was not a celebratory night that we had hoped it would be. And, you know, and then the stretch of the four days and just kind of keeping it together and trying to get through and trying to, like you said, get your work done. But you had this big thing looming and, you you know, you kept trying to ignore the big thing that was looming, but it's very hard to ignore that, to keep telling yourself, no, 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 you got to keep, you got to keep focused, focus on your work, focus on your work. And I mean, we had professors cancel class. It was Wednesday. I definitely had one class canceled. And then uh, I did go to my, I had one class on Thursday, so it wasn't a big deal. But um, I know professors were feeling it too. So then when we looked at Saturday and it was about 10 in the morning when you got Mm -hmm. the news, about 11 o'clock in the morning, our time, when we got the news and for me, I had this very sudden and unexpected rush of emotion. And I started to just cry and shake uncontrollably. I just, 
it was like a happy cry, but it was, it was just like an, I can't believe it cry. And I didn't realize how hurt I was until I was allowed to let it go. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder how you and your friends felt on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I was ready to put all of my painful emotions into work on Saturday. And I sat down and I was, I was in a grind mode. I really was doing quite well (laughs) with my work and really excited about it. And then I got the notification and I jumped up and I like stomped and sprinted (laughs) to the other end of the apartment where one of my roommates was in her room and like she was changing or something. And I was standing outside the door like a little kid. And she's like, I know I'm just changing. Like I'll be right out. And I was just standing there like unable to hold in my excitement. And we were so, so excited. And and we put on this song that, um, I don't know if you remember the song that's like I'm blue da ba dee da ba da 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 ba dee da ba da da you know so funny I I saw your video we were just like ecstatic I mean I wasn't I don't think I was I was emotional like I was sweating all day long at least for the morning (laughs) period I was profusely sweating because my body was in such shock oh my god I cried more the the days before. And, and so we immediately went to the market and bought champagne and we realized we would rather go for a drive and <laughs> like drive around playing music and through the streets and like beep and do all that stuff. So we got in our respective cars and drove to the arch down in St. Louis. And Oh my gosh, how fun. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, we when we were turning back into to our street, there was a cop car coming out, and we were blasting music. And it was a black woman in the cop car, and she saw us blasting the music, and she was like, "Woo! <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool!" And she started singing along, and we sat there for like a minute and a half dancing and playing the music and our cars next to each other. And then she put on the the lights and the police car siren. <laughs> it was just like such a great, great moment. That's um, incredible. Yeah. What a hilarious part of your day and experience. I know. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Um, that so awesome. So great. So we had a bonfire, a little fire in our backyard and we sat out there for like seven hours, just hanging out. And then we watched the speeches out there, and it was. I was wondering if you watched the speeches. Oh yeah, of course. We, I mean, we all. It was at that point. It was only us three girls, and we had a little phone, and it was leaning up against a box of white claws <laughs> next to the fire, <laughs> and we were sitting on the ground <laughs> watching these speeches, like all holding hands and just. Um crying so hard. I mean, Kamala's speech was just remarkable and so powerful. And just seeing her in her white suit and her blouse and when they kept panning to the crowd and you'd see these little girls and, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it is so exciting. And I think so important for 
so many people in our country to be able to see a black woman vice president it's huge. I was also thinking a lot about it because we got this, this spontaneous message from my first grade teacher about a month ago, probably reaching out. She had found me on Facebook and, and you and I have been communicating with her since. And I, I hadn't responded to any of your text messages. We're all in a group chat together. And, um, one of your texts was, are your girls so excited about Kamala? Right. And she was like, I don't think they really know. Like, I don't, of course they're excited and, and, and about the whole, all the election stuff, but she was like, I don't even think they really know. And then I was thinking about that a lot because you think about your young girls watching Kamala and, and that's more of like something that's, that's in, inspiring and empowering for, um, you and I who have known what's come before this and it's like, wow, this is incredible. And it's not that it's not incredible. It's not to take away any of that, but these girls, the most incredible part about it is that they're growing up with this being the normal. This is, this is normalcy to them. They are going to grow up forever knowing a woman in the white house and in a black woman, nonetheless. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And I and I think about that when I think about like the LGBTQ um communities and how that was it was there was nothing talked about when I went to high school. There was no there was no positivity around being gay. There was no welcomeness around being an acceptance around being gay. There was not a lot of um well understood um aspects to it. And it was really hard and sad for those who were gay and didn't know either know how to grapple with that themselves or with their families or, um, but your generation, that's not the issue. Yeah. And, and so I, th- I, I hope that you're right in that young, young girls today just are going to accept this as yes, of course. Why shouldn't there be a, a woman in the White House? Yeah. And I mean, I, what I'm most hopeful for is is my generation of parents. Like if when we become parents one day, God willing, right, that we'll be accept, accepting of this where the, the issue, like you just said about, you know, the LGBTQ community is they, they do still have to deal with their parents and their families because mm. they were maybe in they're in the generation before us that this wasn't the norm this wasn't the norm for you so it's still hard and mm. i think with my generations i mean one thing i saw this week which was really hard for me because it was a hard week for for me and i come from a family that 100% supports biden and 100% hates Donald Trump. And that is not the case with a lot of my friends. And so this week was really hard for a lot of people, much harder than it was for me, because they not mm. only had to deal with the waiting game, but the bad mouthing from their parents or the sort of cold shoulder from their parents that instead of um, having that sense of camaraderie or commiserating, with your family, you're against each other, which is, is really, really hard. I don't know how I would handle that. 
And yeah, that is really hard. And I know it does go on in a lot of households. I mean, there are a lot of marriages that the husband and the wife are on different political sides. And I'm sure certain, I, I think the Trump era, it's partic- it's been particularly pol- polarizing. And that's one of the most horrible parts about Trump and the type of person and the type of president that he chose to be mm-hmm. is that he was constantly just trying to fuel the fire and polarize and divide. And, um, and that's why I loved also listening to Biden's speech on Saturday evening. I thought he spoke with such strength and such empathy and after, after he ran up there with all his strength, his so little cute. dog <laughs> wasn't that cute? So He's cute. adorable. And when we he, oh. we were ta- we were talking about um it with my friends and how it was probably like he's like I'm gonna do it guys I'm gonna do it and his team was probably like no I don't think it's a good idea and he was like I'm gonna do it and then he did it and they're probably like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he. He was trying to be unifying, right? And and I loved what he said about how he did a shout out to educators and he talked about his wife and her dedication as a teacher. I mean, I thought that was amazing too. He, there were so many aspects of what both Kamala and he said Saturday night. And then when you got to see them all on stage with their extended families, it was just super beautiful. Yeah, it was really... It was really and we haven't seen it. We haven't seen that for four years. We've had nothing close to it. There's been no empathy. There's been nothing but complaint and finger pointing and derision and negativity and no true fam- like family bonding because the Trump family certainly doesn't have any. It's like 100% dysfunctional. <laughs> So to see it again, right? We used to see it with um, the Obamas, mm-hmm. but we haven't yeah, seen it. We yeah, haven't right. seen it for four years. Right. There's been, it, you know, we all were like, oh my God, wait, politicians are inspiring? I mean, this is what <laughs> politicians do? And it was just, it was so moving and uh, so moving. wonderful. But I before we wrap up, I want to talk about um, sort of the post-election because you can talk about the election, but, you know, there's they always say that getting to the top of a mountain is only half half the journey. And obviously, you know, that's true in, in the logistical sense of Biden being the president-elect, but, but also in, in our emotional perspectives right now. And it's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired. I last night I was I had a really emotional spell of like grief and hope and fear and excitement and I think I I read this post this morning talking about post-election feelings. I reposted it on my my Instagram account and I got so many responses saying wow, I needed this. Or wow, I didn't even know I needed to read this. I'll, I'll read it actually right now. It yeah, will. that's a good idea. So it's election burnout. 
I read this. This is great. Yeah. Election burnout. It's real and millions of us are feeling it. The American Psychological Association has found that most voters have election burnout. Roughly 68% said the election has brought a significant source of stress. Burnout is defined as a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Burnout most often occurs when you feel very overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. This election is no exception to this. The feeling of genuine instability that has been lingering over this country for the last four years of this presidency has come to a head during this election, and very few of us are not burnt out. Yeah, right on. And it helps to read that, right? It's It helps to have somebody document it and, and validate it Yeah, because it's it's true. And we didn't even talk about like the, you know, what else happens to you when you're stressed, right? So this election caused stress for us. Mm-hmm. So it made us tired, right? Because stress is tiring. You know, for me, it, 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 we talked about like the lack of focus and inability to get kind of get your work done because you mm-hmm. were like so busy stressing. Definitely had that effect on me as well. Um, for me, it also like triggers like some like weird binge eating is kind of like a bit strong, but like excessive snacking, I guess I'll call it, where I just don't know what to do with myself. So I'm like throwing things in my mouth thinking maybe that's what's going to make me feel better. But Mm -hmm. obviously we all know that's not what's going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. That was going on with me. I I, I don't know, just like a lot of weird stuff like that. Yeah. And And now we have to unwind from all that, right? And yeah, it's a process. It's like a, it's a I, process. I, I met with one of my professors this evening. I said, thanks so much for meeting with me. I, I know it's been a hectic weekend. And he was like, yeah, my wife and I are in such a daze right now. Like it's not only young people, it's people of all ages. I think he, he must be almost 80 years old. Like this man is, this man is old. And he is saying how all of their friends are just, done. Like no, no one has a brain right now. Everyone's so exhausted and and tired and emotional. And uh, yeah, no, I don't even know how to describe it. That's why election burnout is the best way. Right. But at least we're happy and hopeful. Mm -hmm. And so that will get us out of this. We will unwind from all this Yuck. Yeah. Because we are happy and we are hopeful and we have leadership on the horizon. And Inauguration Day is on my birthday. Woohoo. Woo. And so I remember what it felt like in 2017. My birthday was no fun. No. My it was a very sad and depressing an uneventful and emotional day. And I remember what my birthday felt like in 2009 on Inauguration Day when Barack Obama took office and it was like one of the greatest birthdays ever. Mm -hmm. And I know that this birthday is going to be very special. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, I'm kind of taking this whole – thing as a new beginning, right? I, I rearranged my room and I I just felt like I had a new mindset this morning 
um, sort of shedding the old and and preparing to bring in the new. Like it's not even right now. It's not even bringing in the new right now. You're. It's we still have this whole process of like preparation for almost so to speak. Not only in office, but with ourselves too. Like we need time to unwind from these four years. We need time to learn what it's like to wake up in a world that's not Trump's America anymore. I mean, the day after the election, it was like, what does this feel like? I don't know. Let's explore. Like, <laughs> you know, I, this is, it's a lot to process, especially where it's kind of these four years have really been the first years of my friends and mine adult life. And it's all we've really known in terms of like personal finances and looking for jobs and, and the, the state of the world and our, our opportunities past education. So it's right. And to, to, to have science again, accepted and education valued plus, you know, you're going to get to experience America being respected around the world, which you haven't. You know, no. you've tra- you've done some traveling these past few years, and it's been at a time where you you always felt like you had to explain, yes, I'm American. No, I don't support our current president to people around the world. And hopefully we'll regain respect around the world. And I have every reason to believe that we will gain respect around the world. And that, but... I am just so happy we found this time to de- to debrief because we haven't. Obviously, I hadn't heard anything about your election experience. I had no idea how involved you and your friends were in working for the election, for the democratic process, for Biden. I think that's terrific. Um, and And then to just kind of experience the emotion of it all with you and the the wonder of having a woman vice president and having a kind, empathetic, honest, smart man, you know, leader, two leaders who are just genuine and smart and yeah, I I'm happy and hopeful. You know, we have these conversations to help us process things. So I hope that it validates people just as I saw that post about the election burnout that, you know, I'm sure and I know so many people empathize with what we're saying right now. And whether it's been tears or or dancing or or sleeping, you know, we felt it all and and I think the whole community has with us as well. So I I have a high five for you. And I started to talk about how proud and inspired I am by you and your friends and the efforts that you put into working for this election, mm-hmm. which I didn't know was going on. And I'm super happy to hear about it. But I'm also, I'm going to high five you for the effort that you made to get your hands on a copy of the New York Times on Saturday. <laughs> Because it is that important a day and the fact that you recognized that and went to such effort to locate 
a store that still had a copy of a New York Times and have them hold it for you and drive an hour and a half to go get that copy. And you'll never forget this election. You will never forget Saturday and you will never forget going to get that newspaper and you will always have it. I think it's really special. So good job. Thank you. You're right. That's a good, great high five. Um, I take a lot of pride in that and finding that copy. I mean, we got the last copy in all of St. Louis County and city. So amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, I will be reading that newspaper for probably over a week because it's the Sunday times. Um, and my high five for you is that you hosted a socially distant dance party for your friends. And I feel really bad because you asked me to make a playlist for it. And obviously I was in my post-election burnout phase <laughs> and um, did not have time to make a playlist. But you then made it all by yourself. Like you didn't even find someone else's playlist. You just made the playlist. And as simple as that is, it's pretty incredible because I don't think you would have been able to do that a year ago. I wouldn't have. I'm so proud of myself too. And thank you for recognizing that. Have you listened to it? No. Well, you'll have to let me know what you think of it. I know. I need to have a dance party first. All right. I, I hope we'll be back next week again. I think we will. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have so much to talk about. So I'm looking forward to it the next time we can spend time again talking about whatever it is that we decide to talk about. So until next time, I'm Dear Mom, Love Daughter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.